In the holy name of Jesus. It is Lent, and so it is the season for seekers. With each one, it seems, seeking something different than the last. In the first week of Lent, Satan was seeking, seeking to stop this season before it got started. Satan was here to crush Jesus and to control all of you. But Jesus, in love for his Father and so ever obedient, faithful to his baptism, faithful to his Father's words there, you are my beloved Son, and faithful to the Holy Spirit who anointed him there, you are the suffering servant of Israel, known from Isaiah 53. Jesus pushed out from the water of the Jordan, through the temptations of the wilderness, and is now on his way to the cross, frustrating Satan, who, as the gospel said, has gone away from Jesus until a more opportune time. Last week in the second week of Lent, Nicodemus was seeking. Nicodemus came at night seeking answers because his own life was shadowy and hungry, and chaotic, and unsatisfying. Though he was a teacher, and a leader, and a ruler of the Jews, Nicodemus had no answers for the greatest questions in life. Why am I so empty? And why don't things make sense? And what am I good for? And where in the world is God? So he came hoping that Jesus would be a glimmer of light in the darkness. Nicodemus came trying to close the gap between himself and Jesus. This week, now the third week of Lent, the woman at the well is doing just the opposite. Yes, like Nicodemus, she is seeking But she is not trying to close the gap between Jesus and herself. She is trying to open it. She has had a hard life. She is no leader or teacher. She is a Samaritan, which here means half-breed, renegade, and heretic. She draws her water from the well at noon, in the heat of the Middle Eastern day, which is the desperate work of somebody who is on the margins of society. She has had five husbands, and she is not married to man number six. After five marriages, She has even kept the gap between herself and her new man. And now she will do her best to develop and sustain a gap between herself and Jesus. As soon as Jesus begins speaking today, she is on guard and she deflects him. Talk to your own people. Draw your own water. Worship on your own mountain. And let me be. She too is in the dark, 
alone and unloved, hungry and unsatisfied, and shamed by the circumstances of her life. But she is not looking for a savior. At this point in her life, she hasn't got the strength for that. She has been so hurt by life that questions and conversation are no longer used for light and answers and intimacy, but instead as camouflage and self-defense and distance as a way to protect herself from more pain. And then something terribly odd happens. Jesus refuses to be offended. Jesus refuses to be a threat. And Jesus refuses to flee from her. He takes her as he finds her, embraces her as she is, sticks by her despite her sassiness and her sin. And by the end of the story, she is happily running off to friends and to folks in the village to say, come meet a man who told me everything I ever did. That is an odd thing for her to say. Come meet a man who told me everything. I ever did, because for her, everything is not a very pretty picture. And we are so much like her. Around here, everything we ever did, everything, that all of us all together, everything we ever did, includes quite a run of idolatries and infidelities and harsh, unfair judgments and disobediences and sharp words and prides and hates and failures, all of which leaves us convulsed by shame and feeling alone and unloved. Everything we ever did has created a lifetime of gaps between us, between you and you, and between you and me, and between us and God. And that is one reason we so often go through life hopeless and hungry and unsatisfied, horribly unsatisfied, camouflaged and defensive, protecting ourselves from anyone who would get close to us, protecting ourselves from community, protecting ourselves from any person who might find out everything we ever did and hurt us more because of it. We are so much, this woman in the text. And Jesus is so different.
Verse 11, the woman says to him, you've got nothing. You've got nothing. You've got nothing to draw with and no way to give me gifts. To which Jesus replies, I've got everything. I've got everything you could ever want. I've got everything you could ever need, and it's all inside me. It's welled up like living water, and it's ready to spill out all over you. I've got everything you can need to live forever. I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus is different. And in being different, he loves her and loves all of you in a way that is otherworldly, in a way that you all could never imagine. As proof, once again, this Lent, Jesus is dragging everything you have ever done to the cross on Good Friday and dying for it, taking away your sins and making all wrongs right. He knows you. He knows your issues. He knows your baggage. He knows your sins. He knows your idolatries and your infidelities and your unfair, harsh judgments, your sharp words and your disobedience and your hates. He knows your failures. He knows it all. And yet, once again this Lent, he refuses to be offended. And he refuses to be a threat to any of you And he refuses to go away. And what he hopes most of all in all the world is that your story will have a happy ending too. Lent is the season for seeking. But by now I'm sure you see that Jesus has turned all these seekers and all their stories upside down. Lent is not about this woman looking for a savior. It's about a Savior who's looking for her. And Lent is not about you finding Jesus. Lent is about Jesus who comes back once again this year to find all of you. Lent is the time when Jesus comes back to be busy closing the gaps. The gaps you all could never hope to close. Fixing wrongs that you all could never make right. Jesus comes into our darkness to close the gap between him and us. Once again this morning, living water and spirity words. And in just a moment, the body and blood that hung on the cross put to your tongue from a holy altar, forgiving more sins than you've got, you who are desperately unclean. It is Jesus standing by you and listening to your story and barely noticing your sins and forgiving and putting you back next to Eden's living waters. Jesus is here to close the gap between him and us. This is also the time when Jesus comes back to close the gaps between us and us. Lent is the time when Jesus puts all of us, each and every one of us, under repair, offering us a life of forgiveness 
a life of love that expresses itself in obedience and in community. A life that can be deeply satisfying if we will only try it, if we will only let it. This is the one place in all the world where everything you've ever done, every horrible thing you've ever done can be forgiven and people will still love you. Where every horrible gap you've ever opened up can be closed and everything you've been and everything you are can suddenly come into holy service. When that happens, when in Christ's church we are repeatedly exposed to Jesus' mercy through his means of grace, and we live in forgiveness and love and obedience, in confidence and peace, without shame and without fear. And folks become so happy and so thankful for that that they speak easily about Jesus, who he is, and everything he's ever done for them. Then we become just like Nicodemus and the woman at the well, and that is how the church grows and flourishes. It's how other people are brought to the living waters of Christ. And it is how all of you are moved beyond yourself in service to Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.